Hello, welcome. You are joining me on the Profits and Prana podcast. This is the all new podcast that is dedicated to helping you breathe life into your spiritual business. My name is Esme and I will be your host. And today I'm talking to Trisha Stewart Shu, an entrepreneur who started Human Being Company in 1998. Trisha's background is unique in that she deepened her spiritual and metaphysical awareness and studies. She worked as a high-level executive assistant for Fortune 500 companies. Not only did she survive in the extremely intense office environment, she thrived by creating her own spiritual practice specifically suited for work. And that is what we are going to talk about today. Hello, Esme. Um, I did indeed work for some in some really challenging environments. Um, early on, I, I sort of found that I had spiritual gifts that maybe, you know, at first I didn't quite know about. But when I began to work in office environments, um, I noticed that I was very sensitive to, you know, all kinds of things that were going on, you know, most of the time things are positive, but then occasionally some negative things would happen. And um, I found that I really needed to figure out ways to deal with them. And then as I deepened my practice and and sort of my metaphysical knowledge and, and metaphysical self-knowledge, I began to uh, create tricks and tips and tools for, to just get through the day. Of course, I'm always trying to better myself, but then also just make my environment better. I, I think that would be really helpful. So I've worked in um, some kind of, um, how shall I say, hostile work environments. <laughs> and um, I think had I known at the time to bring more spirituality to it, I think it wouldn't have been so hostile in the end. You know, here's what I figured out. Um, the more light you are, the more sensitive you are, the more um, open you are. And probably if you're working on yourself, you're this way. Um, the more hostility you encounter, which is unfortunate. However, um, the good news is by understanding that you can create a, uh, it, it's not less hostile perhaps, but you can shift things within yourself so that either those people go away, <laughs> those situations, sometimes the situations either magically disappear or they dissipate, um, greatly. So, um, it's interesting because over, you know, over the years, I noticed a lot of hostility. And at first, I really took it personally. I, I took it personally for quite a while, actually, until I realized that, you know, it's it's like being, um, I, I, imagine being in a movie theater, right? You've watched this movie. It's kind of dark. Uh, maybe the subject matter is dark as well. And you come out into a sunny day. You know, what's the first thing you do? You squint, you put your hand up. It's painful. It's shocking. And I think when people are not in a space where they understand a light person, a person just walking around being, you know, light, uh, it's really shocking to them. So I think that's a really good analogy, too. Um, there's there's one place in particular I was working at, and I won't name it, but everybody there walked around with like this this cloud and it was like this, this weight and they had been almost, um, it was almost like they were downtrodden by the work they were doing. Like they didn't believe in it and they were, they were just there for the money. It's like every conversation was talking to Eeyore 
<laughs> so it was it was a really um it was a really unhealthy place for me. I don't do well with um, being surrounded by a lot of negative people, but in business, you can't always avoid that. And I think that's what's going to be so helpful um, in speaking with you today is I think that a lot of people will be able to learn how to better deal with those situations. Exactly. Um, so yes, uh, you're right. Uh, you know, sometimes the answer, well, especially when you're an entrepreneur. So if you have your own business, there's there are times when you can decide I'm not going to deal with that person or that group anymore. And then that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur. Um, the more challenging part about being an entrepreneur is that sometimes you just need to deal with people. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna give an example of an incredibly challenging situation with a with a person. Um, and you know what I noticed about this person, but then it's kind of a it's a very good example because it kind of is a if people are walking around and you're feeling you're feeling tense about things, you're feeling like, yeah, they're down, downtrodden. It's like having a conversation with Eeyore every time I have to say something to them. Um, the most important thing for, for a person having to deal with that, whether it's as an entrepreneur or just in a business situation, is to first stop for a second. And there are three things that you can do immediately. And, and you can actually shift that situation. The, the first and foremost thing is to see the word love, L-O-V-E. Just see it right in front of you. And imagine whatever love is to you, whatever that looks like to you. Just, just imagine love. And that right there is incredibly protective for somebody who's very, you know, sensitive. Um, it's not necessarily love to the other person. It's really love to you. So that is the first thing that you need to do is just to stop and just to see love. Because sometimes you don't even have to think it, but it's just creating that right there, manufacturing that moment. Um, and then there are three things that you can do. Um, that will instantly change it, but then over time will be really powerful. And that is to watch what you think, watch what you say, and watch what you do. And by watch, I mean objectively observe, not judge at all. Um, so by doing that, you are observing yourself in an objective way. You're watching what you think about the person the situation, um, yourself, while it's going on and away from that, you're watching what you say to yourself, what you say to the other person, what you say to other people when that person's not around. And then you watch what you do. You watch how you behave. Because sometimes just observing that, you know, you're going and grabbing, you know, a, another cup of coffee, you're grabbing whatever, a donut or something like that, just like, am I really doing this? I'm, I'm, actually stuffing things down. So just by observing, you can learn a whole bunch of things. And what that does is it takes the focus off of the other person or the other situation. It brings it inside and it allows you to center yourself. And then over time, what will happen is you'll be able to see, um, you know, you'll be able to kind of go back and trace where you're going and the and, and other people tend to respond to that because really when you're doing this you're you're essentially energetically shifting the environment to a loving place to a more objective place 
Now, when did you first start observing in your work environments and what, what kind of a difference did you see? Okay. So, um, at one point, uh, I was having trouble with a specific person and this person, um, that was very focused on me in a negative way. And it, it felt, um, I, it, and it was sort of on a daily basis. So I, I found what I did was I sat, you know, I, first of all, I, I was like, first of all, I felt something, but I couldn't figure it out. I finally figured it out. It was one person. And so I decided to relax and go into this loving place. And finally, what happened was I, I had a conversation with the person and the person, it turns out, had absolutely no idea that they were doing anything that was invasive or off-putting or just downright mean um, in what they thought they said or they did. There were lots of things said, you know, behind my back, in front of me, that kind of thing. The person was absolutely unaware, absolutely unaware. So when I when I went into that loving place, I mean, what I did was I just thought to myself, I felt really, I felt like my boundaries were really being encroached upon in a bunch of different ways. So I discovered this way of doing things, mostly as a protective thing, mostly to center myself and, and in an environment, because most environments now, most work environments are open. They're like open cubicles. So there's really like, how do you create some kind of, you know, special place for yourself? Um, so that was the first thing I did. I was like, well, I have to figure out a way to be in this environment. But my discovery after that was that the person had no idea. If you asked them, they probably would have very nice things to say, you know, and, and I finally came to the conclusion that you know, and, and then actually moments pass. So in a moment, they might feel like that, or they might feel like that several times throughout the day, but there's absolutely no control I have over that. Having a conversation with them may or may not really change anything. Um, but if you're unaware, you're unaware. So that's how I came up with what I did. So I think we've, <clears throat> excuse me, I think we've all been in situations like that where there's somebody who's hostile they don't necessarily mean to be it's just the way they come across they they're completely unaware of how they act and how they treat other people and i i think you're you're onto something i think that the the very act of observing can be very helpful in not only you figuring out okay well this isn't personal but also maybe helping them realize what it is they're doing now how do you deal with that as an entrepreneur because it's a little bit different when you're dealing with clients and if you're dealing with a coworker. Yes. <laughs> okay, so first of all, um I have realized something very important and that is the setup is what it's all about. You you it's really up to an entrepreneur to come up with re a really clear way of dealing with people up front so that they don't have to go back after and sort of clean up some of the things. So first of all, setting up, you know, clear rules about how you deal with people, setting up your own hours as an entrepreneur, 
you know, it's so easy to be, you know, available for, you know, all hours of the day, um, you know, really being clear about here, here's when I'm on, here's when I have, you know, I hear are my office hours, here's how I'm available, because some people prefer to be available via text, or email, or that kind of thing. So setting up clear boundaries, as far as money goes, um, being really clear about what your worth is, and then articulating that at the very beginning, um, making sure that, you know, you're getting payments in a way that you appreciate. So payment up front, like half up front, uh, if it's a service-based business, you know, half up front or all of it up front, depending on how you, how you deal with people. Um, and then the third thing is just making sure that, uh, the person it receives what you need. First of all, you know, like making sure that they've gotten what they need, following up, uh, ensuring that, you know, what you've done, you know, what worked or didn't work, that kind of thing, getting feedback. So um, I think that's something that a lot of yoga teachers struggle with, um, what you mentioned about knowing your worth. So I see so many yoga teachers who are undercharging for their classes and they're undercharging for their private lessons because they feel somehow guilty about making money doing what they love. And whether they know it or not, as a yoga teacher, you are an entrepreneur. So in, unless you're hired by a specific company and you work for a specific company, you are an entrepreneur. And setting your own prices is part of that. And that's part of what's going to ensure what, that you're successful or not successful. And that's also part of what's going to attract the right people to you. And I see so often there's yoga teachers who undercharge by at least half of what they, they should be charging. And then they wonder why they get people who aren't committed. They don't show up. They don't put in the work that is needed to grow with that teacher. So, and for someone who might be struggling with figuring out their worth and their pricing. Do you have any recommendations for that from a spiritual perspective? Yes, I absolutely do. Um, you know, first of all, it's a perceived worth. So even, so the whole thing about charging, you know, half um, or a lot of times giving things for free. Um, you know, I, I totally understand that. I mean, it's so important to, to allow people to be interested, to get people interested, you know, to sort of show, you know, there's sort of a sales technique about giving something for free, but really the most important thing is to uh, absolutely get in touch with your worth. So, you know, there, there's some concrete things you can do. You can do some research online. You can find out what your abilities are and, and how they match up with other people, what other people are charging across the country. So that, that's, you know, some concrete research. But the spiritual part of this, um, I kind of like to take a moment, um, relax, and... First of all, ask myself, you know, so as if it's a yoga teacher, ask why, why are you doing this? Ask um, what it is that makes you special and then ask yourself what you're worth. What, what is that worth there? What is it worth that drive, that thing that makes you special? What are those things worth? And, and sometimes if, if you are, I mean, depending on, 
the type of person and how you see things. If you're meditating, sometimes you see a message. Sometimes you hear a message. Um, just by getting clear, going within, asking for guidance. Some people receive guidance in different ways. So, you know, you can sort of go within and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to ask my guides. What is it that I'm worth? What should I be charging right now? And sometimes you'll get a number. Sometimes you'll get maybe a, a number and then other information afterwards. Like, well, for now you should be charging this, but then in a month or so you can charge this. So that's my suggestion. So I like that. I like the, the meditative aspect. I think that's really important for yoga teachers. And I really like what is it that makes you special? And I think that's really something a lot of yoga teachers struggle with. It's such a saturated industry right now. And what some people don't realize is, you know, you, you are different from the yoga teacher down the block. So there is something that sets you apart. And I think figuring that out will be helpful not only to figure out your pricing, but to also figure out your marketing. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's so funny because there there are so many ways um, that we are alike. Um, you know, we're human. Um, we understand things for the most part in, in certain ways. Um, but just as we are unique, we have we each have a different name. We come from different backgrounds. There's so many things that we bring into this world that make us special, that make us really unique. And that increases our worth right there. So by understanding what makes you unique, you can actually find out a, 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 the most important component of, of what your worth is and what you should be charging. So I, I love the way you say that. So we're, we're similar yet very unique. Yeah. Um, now tell me about your company. You started Human Being Company in 1998, and you just recently went full time, as I understand. Did. <laughs> so I started out, um, I, I wanted the company to be a support system for people who were frustrated with work. So the things that we were talking about right now, about how to deal with people, um, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working in a business setting, just how to deal with people. Um, and then it, it sort of evolved over time. And I learned a lot about business and about myself. Um, and I think, you know, I, I was a coach for a while. I was a life coach for a while and I did business coaching. Um, and then I had a really unique uh, sort of metaphysical awakening Um and that was probably many, it was many years after I started the company, but the metaphysical awakening was seeing a, a spirit um, and receiving messages that actually, when I kind of sat with it, I realized I'd seen the spirit, you know, I'd seen a spirit before, but I hadn't quite woken up to it. And so this was one of those moments where I thought, I, I need to accept this about myself. I need to understand more about it. And it just sent me on this amazing path for understanding my own connection to maybe what we can't normally see. So I spent so much time looking at the concrete, at the research, at business. And then when I brought this deepening spiritual awakening, it kind of brought this extra piece to 
to my business. Um, and, and what happened was amazing. Uh, I found that I really needed some tools. And so what we talked about at the beginning about, you know, how does a person who is, you know, all of, when you'd go on a spiritual journey, you are stripping away things, you know, you're, you're removing things, you're bringing pieces of yourself back. All of that is really delicate work. And if you're working around people who are not aware of that or sensitive to that, it can be really challenging. So that's what I ended up doing. I ended up creating a series of rituals. Um, I, I wrote a book about this, like a, I wrote a novel about the spiritual experience. Um, and actually it turned into three novels, young adult science fiction novels. But what happened was these rituals sort of were born from my experiences of, of needing to make sense of the world and, and get comfortable with it. So I then took the rituals out and created a nonfiction series of books called The Gatekeeper's Guides. And those are just the rituals. And they divine things like protection. Um, they're visualization. So they're really easy to do just to close your eyes and do something very quickly in three minutes. Um, to create protection, to divine angelic guidance, that kind of thing. And so that's how my business evolved. It sort of went from more of a sort of a human resource type thing to uh, a human resource. I'm sure there's a lot of things that throughout this, this journey, and it couldn't have all been easy. So w what is one struggle that stands out and how were you able to overcome that using um, spiritual methods, maybe meditation? Okay, so um, one of the most challenging incidents was uh, a, a person I had, a, a person that I was working with at work, um, had some just a lot of negativity towards me. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that, of course, looks around. I'm like, well, am I doing anything? So I kind of checked in with myself. There wasn't anything overt that I was doing except just being myself. Um, so I make essential oil blends. And what I did was um, I created this essential oil blend. Um, and I actually shared it with the person. I said, I'm going to take some. Would you like some, too? Um, and then I said to the person, this, this is, a, this is about love. So just know that when you, when you take this oil, so basically just put it in their hand. Um, I said, it's about love. It's about kindness. It's about acceptance. And when I, when I gave the person the oil and I said that it was like, a, a, a an energetic bomb went off. Um, and actually the person had to sit down. They were like, Oh my gosh. Um, and it, it, it taught me something. And that was that love is so incredibly powerful and it can be powerful even in places that you wouldn't imagine it would be powerful, like in an office setting, in a business setting when you're dealing with someone. Um, and you know, I don't know that I think, I don't know that everyone would be like, sure, give me some oil. But I think they would accept some kind of um, word that basically is is strongly intended to create a very powerful, loving response. So essentially what I said to that person was, I'm in a loving place and I'm going to stay here. 
I am not moving. And it was like a bomb went off. It was pretty, pretty amazing. And, and really for a good two days or more, it stayed. Wow. That way. Yeah. So I would, I would really encourage people to because everyone expresses love in different ways. I mean, that essential oil was the thing for me. I also express in other ways, but I would encourage people to find how they, not in a sort of la la, you know, love, because I don't <laughs> think everyone really, really appreciates that. But when you're in an ch- emotionally charged situation and you go in, in a solid place of, no, I'm going to be in love right now. I am here in love in whatever words that come out right then. I guarantee you it will completely change things. So is there a, a teacher or a mentor who helped you come to that awakening? Or is that something that happened during your, your metaphysical transition? You know what? I I worked with a lot of different healers, physical and energetic healers along the way. What took me to a place that I just described was the combined learning of being able to sit in myself and just observe things um, and also be compassionate and not blame the other, like blame another person or blame another group of people. So I wouldn't necessarily, I don't really espouse a specific, you know, religion or, or group of people. So I don't have a specific teacher, but I would definitely thank all of the healers that I've worked with. I think if you can work with really powerful people and have beautiful exchanges with them and get healing, you can, you can learn from that and you can, you can bring, you can take away amazing um, learning, spiritual learning and deepening. So I think that's important, but there are so, there's so many people who are um, intimidated when it comes to spiritual awakenings and working with healers. Uh, do you have any advice for them? You know, if, if it's something they've been toying with, but they just can't come to a healer yet, they're not there emotionally? Absolutely. You know, sometimes you're not meant to work with a healer. Sometimes you're the healer. Um, in fact, most of the time you're the healer. <laughs> Um, and, and what I realized was, um, you know, just like friends, people that you work with, people that you connect with, uh, for healing, for really any kind of thing, really anyone you, you meet can be a healer. Um, the person you have an argument with is a healer, um, as annoying as that is. If you're intimidated, that means that you're the healer. So if you find that you're having, and I I think sometimes you're not supposed to talk with other people. The most beautiful moments of awakening for me have been while I was by myself and needing someone else, but the people weren't available. And um, I can't tell you how many times there are people that, you know, like my, my, there are a couple family members and friends, people that, oh, something's happened. I really need to have a conversation. And that person wasn't available. And directly after that, I have had some sort of epiphany. I had some sort of amazing realization. I was like, well, thank goodness they weren't there because, you know, I I missed out on that. I would have missed out on my own beautiful, you know, realization. I, I do expect there might be some listeners who struggle with that concept as well, that they are their own healer. Um, so for someone who might be a little bit afraid of listening to their intuition, you know, afraid of what they might discover is, is do you have uh, one piece of advice for them? I have heard 
that feeling, that sense of fear about yourself, I've heard that described as pushing a beach ball underwater. Think about the effort. I mean, that is a lot of effort, keeping that beach ball underwater. There's something that needs to happen. There's something that needs to be discovered. And yes, there's fear around it. And I guess it's only up to you whether you want to allow that to come to the surface or continue that effort. It's really, um, and, and I guess that's the beautiful thing about being human is that you get to choose when you find things out. You know, it's so amazing how the mind works, you know, how in, impressive it is that you, you can push things into the, onto the back burner and continue on. Eventually, you're going to have to address them. But you don't have to, you know. I don't, I think, you know, sometimes a good bit of denial helps you get through the day. If that works. Go ahead. I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge. Yes. I I think we've all been there. So we, we kind of wandered off our topic of spirituality and business a little bit. Uh, So I would like to get back to that for a few minutes before we wrap up. So um, I would like to ask you to give uh, five pieces of advice that listeners could use to make their business more spiritually aligned? Mm, Okay. Um, The first thing is make sure you're spiritually aligned. And if you do that, all the other things will fall into place. That's the first thing. The second thing is use others, you know, in that same vein, use others as a, an indicator. So if you're having experiences with people, and they happen more than once. If, if you're uh, just having experiences with people that are, you know, if people are aggressive or people are, or people are not committed, you're having a lot of people not showing up. That is an indicator that you can say to yourself, all right, what's happening? You can ask yourself if you're undercharging or if there's some way that you're not being clear about your message um, or not being true to yourself. Um, the third thing is know your uniqueness, know, know your specialty. Um, the fourth thing is know your power, know your power place, know how you communicate. There's so many ways to be powerful. Know that about yourself and come from that place. And the fifth thing is truth, knowing your truth, knowing why you are doing what you're doing, being honest with yourself. For me, at least, being honest with myself and trying to live my truth every day, that makes everything else fall into place for me. So it helps me figure out if I'm doing things that are in alignment with my business or if I'm just doing them because somebody told me, you know, it's a good idea and you should do that. So I think that's very important to listen to. So for you, what would be the most important? So would that be making sure you're spiritually aligned? Honestly, the truth the truth one is the most important for you know because everybody has their things that they're working on and for me if i i think what you just said about you know if somebody else gives you advice gives you business advice um i think it's always good to consider things that you hear that's the sign of an open mind to to really listen um and then decide for yourself but what i've found is that um if i'm acting from a place of trying to please someone else or trying to appease someone else or just quiet them down, um, 
that completely shuts everything off. And then I'll, then I'll find myself, well, why aren't I, why aren't I receiving more response from this particular email, from this communication? Uh, why isn't that happening? And, and nine times out of 10, for me personally, it's because I really have not, I've gone out of my own truth. I've gone outside of that. And that is not really a powerful place for me. So I completely agree. So I've uh, done a lot of things over the years and the ones that I'm most successful with are the ones that are in alignment to my values. So whether it's working for someone else or working for myself, if it's something that's truly in alignment with who I am and what I believe in, it's so much easier. I, it's so much more enjoyable to get up and go to work every day and to record podcasts and to meet with clients. Whereas doing it for, for a company or even my own, you know, I've started um, companies that they just weren't really in alignment with who I am. It's a struggle. And it, I feel like it's soul crushing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important to know about yourself. I mean, you're, you've, you've overcome most of the challenge right there by just being uh, aware of, oh my gosh, well, next time something comes up for you, right? You're probably going to say, you know what? I know that'll take way more effort because it's just outside of really what I want to do. Or you'll really be able to zone in on something. Okay. Yeah. That is something I'm comfortable with. And oh, it'll go so much easier. You know? Yes. I, I completely agree. The indicator for me was when I would get up in the morning and I would hate to go to work. I'm a workaholic. So I love working. And when I would get up and I'd be like, Oh, I have to work today. So it's just like this burden and I, I lost energy to do things that I love and things that I wanted to do outside of that environment. And I do find sometimes yoga teachers get into that, that mindset because they're told they need to do things, you know, they need to do things like marketing and they need to have a website and a blog, but they aren't necessarily in alignment with who they are at that point, you know, especially if you get bad advice from someone who uses blogs from um, a scammy uh, place, someone who uses blogs to um, to artificially inflate web traffic, for example, or they use uh, scammy practices like keyword stuffing. And you get yoga teachers who are like, you know, I, I told I need to do this, but it doesn't speak to them. It's not in an authentic and aligned way. So they don't do these things that could actually be helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you are spot on. And I, I understand that completely. You know, if you have something that isn't your strength, but you know, you have to do it, you can, you can find people. But, but I guess the question is, how do you find people that are all, who are going to support you, right? And not people who are going to either take advantage or, ha or, or become a part of a scam or something like that. Um, and honestly, I think if you come from a place that you were just saying about, you know, being, being truth, being full, you know, like centered in your truth, um, and from a solid place, you're, you can much more quickly identify those kind of things that are like, nope, that doesn't seem right to me. Yes. And I think once you, once you do, once you weed out the things that aren't in alignment, it can be a lot easier to grow your business because you have more energy to focus on the things that are in alignment. And you can blog in a way that is in alignment to yoga. 
but not everybody realizes that. And once you get rid of the things that aren't, um, that aren't supportive uh, of that truth and alignment, I think you can have a lot more energy and be much more successful in that area, in many areas. Yeah, exactly. You can be successful just being yourself. Then no matter what you do is successful. I love that. And I think that is a good note to start to wrap up on. Uh, so where can we find more information about you? Well, you can go to my website. Uh, you can go to human being company, all spelled out dot com um, or Trisha Stewart shoe, all spelled out dot com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at T Stewart shoe. I'm on Facebook. Um, I have some books and recordings so you can look for me on amazon.com i've got the young adult series called the moa series um the gatekeepers guide series of books with all those wonderful rituals and then i also have recordings uh, which are on itunes and uh, spotify and those are called the gatekeepers guide rituals as well um, you can go on youtube and see a free uh the protection recording is is free on uh, on my youtube channel which is t stewart shoe um, and, uh, and you can listen to that and kind of see what it's all about. And I, I have a video of kind of talking more about the rituals, but I think I, I pretty much covered it here. Um, awesome. yeah, I would love to connect with people. I'm on Tumblr, T. Stewart Shoe. I'm on, I'm everywhere. Fabulous. So I will, um, I will put all the links to Trisha's everywhere on the internet <laughs> in the show notes for this episode. So make sure you check that out at 42yogis.com. So, Trisha, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you so much, Esme. It's been wonderful. Today's episode is brought to you by the 7-Day Soulful Blogging Challenge. In this challenge, you're going to rethink the way you perceive blogging. You can get all the information at 42yogis.com slash 7dayblog. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this podcast. I know you have a lot of other things going on in your life and you don't have a lot of time to waste. So when you spend some of your time here with me, I want you to know I appreciate it. Have a beautiful day. Namaste.